0: Listener Production.
1: Australia Today's Morning Agenda with Natasha Belling.
0: Welcome to another edition of the summer series of Morning Agenda, where we take a look back at the major stories that have set the agenda in 2022. Today, we're taking a look at data hacks that over 2022 have dominated the headlines. Millions of Australian customers have had their personal information and even their medical data stolen in two of the biggest data breaches this year at Optus and Medibank. The hacks have put the spotlight firmly on what these major corporations are doing to protect our private information that we hand over in good faith. Not only are hackers becoming more sophisticated, but so too are scammers – Latest data shows Australians lost a staggering $4 billion in 2022 to scammers, and that's an increase of 100% compared to 2021. So how do you protect yourself from hackers and scammers, and do we need tougher government regulation and penalties to ensure major companies are keeping our private data safe? Joining us today with some important tips and expert advice is tech expert from the techno bloke, Tim Stackpole. Tim, thanks so much for joining us. More than ever, we realise how precious our data is after what's happened this year, don't we?
1: Yeah, well, absolutely. And I think the, the real trick, uh, Tash, is to make sure that the hackers, you know, have more difficulty using or accessing your information than the next person. It's kind of like keeping your home secure. The more secure your home is, you know, the thief is actually going to move to the next house if your house is more secure. And you need to kind of do the same thing with your data. Now there are some things you don't have control of, okay? So once you hand your data over to, a, to another company or an organization, you don't necessarily have that control anymore because it's up to their security systems to make sure your data is kept safe, hopefully. But what you need to be able to do is first of all, put some measures in for prevention and then be able to, because you put that prevention in place, be able to make quick changes to the access to your data in other places should that original data get hacked, Natasha? Now that's the real trick. And I and I have to say, as as with all things, Natasha, you know, prevention is is far better than cure every every single time. And there are a few things that you can certainly do. I mean, I've I've talked about this through, over the entire year, uh, and 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 you must kind of keep your passwords safe, and you must not use the same passwords for different services. So please don't use the same password for your email. As you do for your banking, for instance, and 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 a good way to manage that is to use what are called password managers. Now there are a, a two on the market which are spoken about a lot. One is called One Password. The other one is called LastPass. and And these sit in your browser extensions. They also sit in your phone. And when you visit websites where you need to put a password in, when you first install these things, it actually prompts you to say, Would you like to change your password? And you say yes and then it comes up with this password which makes absolutely no sense at all it's made up of numbers and letters and capital letters and lowercase letters and also symbols it makes absolutely no sense so it's it's not a word that you would recognize and then every time you revisit that site it automatically inserts it for you so you don't have to remember any of this stuff and i think that's really that's really the number one tip i would say tash because then if you find out that some information you've given to a telco or to a bank or to a real estate agent has been hacked, you can then go back into your password manager, ask it to change that password for that service, and you're pretty much protected against anyone else hacking that service again, Tash.
0: Yeah, some great tips there, Tim. I guess what we've seen happen in 2022 with these major data hacks at companies like Optus and Medibank is there's mm. a couple of issues there. Number one, why are we having to give away this private information? just to set up a phone account in this situation with Optus, for example, passport numbers and mm. all of these private details. But mm. second of all, what are these companies doing to ensure that our information is protected?
1: Yeah, ex- exactly. And look, there's there's two things there. First of all, in terms of the authorisation, that identification information needs to be given to a telco, for example, because there are statutory regulations. If you If you undertake Uh, getting hold of a phone uh, service in Australia, you actually have to prove your identity, okay? Things like burner accounts that you hear about in US cop shows, for instance, they don't exist in Australia because every phone number has to be identified back to a person. That's the law. So a certain level of identification needs to be submitted to these to these companies such as your passport number or such as your driver's licence in order to get that phone number in the first place. So, unfortunately, the Telco has no choice but to ask for that information. Secondly, you know, I think the other question that needs to be asked is why do they hold on to this information for mm. so long if you are no longer a customer? Exactly. And, and, and that's that's a vulnerability as well. I mean, I haven't been an office customer For 10 years thankfully i wasn't caught up in the breach in 2022 but it could well be that i i I, I may have been caught up in that tash but it's been so long since i've had an optus account my information has dropped off but perhaps it, it it may not have you know because at some point in the past i unfortunately was a was a customer now what what they're doing to protect us of course is is as much as one would hope they can but have you know, and, and I've said this before and everyone kinda knows it, you know, for every one thousand white hat hackers you have, and that are they are the security the security people that work for companies in order to make sure that they don't have vulnerable databases, for every one thousand of those people there are, there could well be twenty thousand black hack hackers around the around the world, you know, trying to breach these systems. So it's always a game of, of catch up and and, you know, Tash, when you receive notification uh, on your phone or, or your computer to say that there is an update available, that's usually because a vulnerability has mm. been found. And the advice is always run that update as soon as you can because it plugs a hole in the system uh, that the, the operating system, you know, like Apple or, or Microsoft or Google have discovered. It plugs a hole that's been identified that hackers can get into. So you need to be able, you know, and you need to do that update as soon as you can, Tash. Uh, to make sure that your that your safety and security is maintained to the extent that it can because once the hackers get hold of that information they're hitting the internet like nothing else they're hitting millions of accounts to see where they can get in they set up these online robots if you like that just hit all the vulnerable opportunities all the vulnerable spaces on the internet and they will get through touch they will get through so don't be that one person that didn't get the update done and you find yourself vulnerable because your phone's been hacked
0: I think what many customers felt uh, quite disappointed with, especially with the Optus hack, is number one, the lack of communication. Like I, I know a lot of uh, previous customers or current customers that could not get through to Optus on what to do, mm. what they mm. needed to, which process to follow. Surely the government has to look, and I know this investigation under, um, investigations underway. Optus came out and said, oh, look, it's a very, very sophisticated hack. And then there were allegations saying it wasn't a sophisticated hack. Not only was the door left open, there were absolutely yeah. no protections for these alleged hackers to get in. So my question to you, Tim, is surely there is a duty of care here. And if the investigation show that uh, these companies did not have the right processes in place to protect our personal data, it's not the companies, it's ours, what penalty should these companies have to face?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And there actually is no legislation in place at the moment and and it's in train, but at the moment there's kind of no, there's no regulation that Optus perhaps have broken uh, by allowing, can I just say allowing this hack, it's a loose term of words, but by, by having this hack, you know, there's there's nothing to say that they will serve a penalty because of that, apart from customer backlash, of course. And and compensation that, that they may have to pay for any any uh, legal proceedings that are taken against them There's civil legal proceedings but we, we don't have laws in Australia today that say if you if you undertake you know if, if, if your system has been hacked then you do face this automatic statutory penalty now that's always the case that government is always trying to catch up mm-hmm. with technology so it, it it isn't trained it will happen but I mean that's the reason why that there isn't sort of um, public prosecution uh, against the, these companies at the moment. Civil, yes, uh, there are cases that are being raised, but but no particular uh, public prosecution taking place. So that's the reason why that happens. But yes, you are right, Tash. There should be regulations in place that say if you if your customers' data is made vulnerable, if customers are penalised uh, publicly, publicly because of what's happened, and 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 we have heard over the past few months that that. Withdrawals have been coming, being taken out of people's accounts that haven't been authorised. Perhaps this is due to the Optus hack. We don't know, but that's you know we're hearing these stories come through the media right now too. Uh, But but the reason why there isn't there isn't you know great government you know penalties being put against these companies is because there isn't legislation in place to do that right now. So the only course that customers can do you know is is to is to take out um, civil action against these companies. And that's certainly happening as well right now.
0: Well, surely that's the silver lining with all these mm. awful hacks that it certainly put these companies on notice and the federal government needs to actually take action to make sure they're accountable for protecting our data. In regards to hacks, we've seen, this is extraordinary, new data out for 2022 saying $4 billion has been lost to scammers in 2022 and that yeah. was up 100% on 2021. Not only Mm. during 2022 have we seen these major data hacks with big corporations, but we've seen Australians get flooded with scammers. They're becoming more and more sophisticated. I, you know, during 2022 was receiving four or five calls a day, some alleging Mm. my electricity was going to be cut off, that someone had, uh, you know, hacked my credit card. What advice would you give for people to pick out what is a scam and what is legitimate?
1: Look, question everything, Tash. Unfortunately, you know we have to be cynical in this in in this day and age. Uh, You know, uh, it's a it's a sad state of affairs. Um, You know, if I get if I get a a message on my phone and I don't recognize the number, or if someone's ringing me and I don't message, don't recognize the number, I I don't answer it. Unfortunately, I have to ignore it. Most of the time, the, the call is a scam call or a spam call. If it's important, if it's an important call, someone will always leave a message and I'll call back, but you're right, I get text messages that say uh, that there's a pending delivery to my home, um, and uh, they need to verify some details, so please call this number back, or click on this link, which is even worse. I mean, you definitely must ignore all that stuff. If you're receiving emails, uh, and you're worried about those, generally, they can be very sophisticated, and use letterheads and logos that look very... look very legitimate but generally there's a problem with the uh, language the English is wrong there are typos in there because they come out of countries generally that that uh, English is not the native they're just there's something amiss about them Tash and you do have to be cynical and cautious about these sort of things Um, I think that's the best advice I can give I mean there are some services around some apps uh, you know if you're a Google um, pixel phone Mm -hmm. user that uh, that phone itself because it's attached to google because they have such a database of information that they have access to they will generally flag the call as a spam or scam call while it's ringing it's a service it's kind of like a feature of the google pixel phone if i can say Uh, the android samsung phones have those as well you don't necessarily get that sort of service if you're a if you're an iphone user but you can you can use an app which will kind of identify as much as possible whether something is a scam call or a spam call to Tash. But it is really tough and they're very sophisticated. Look, I've even seen, I've even, during the whole COVID pandemic thing, I was getting text messages that indicated that um, I've been in contact with someone who's had COVID. Mm-hmm. Uh, click on this link in order to uh, purchase some uh, official uh, rat tests and I've clicked on the link, and it's taking me to a website that looks very official, and uh, and I have to pay for the rat tests on that on that site. But of course, people do that. They uh, they put their money through a credit card or a PayPal account attached to that site, and the rat tests never come. They've been fleeced of that fifty or a hundred dollars to get those uh, official rat tests. Unfortunately, I saw that, but I was. To be, you know, I shouldn't say I was very impressed with no. With they the look really the legitimate.
0: That's the issue, isn't
1: it? They did. They did look very legitimate. And I've even seen that with MyGov um, accounts too. That you know, the MyGov account has the my MyGov, MyGov website has been cloned uh, beautifully, uh, and it looks very much like the 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 official MyGov site. But you put your details in, of course, and, and all the uh, hackers are trying to do is get your login details. And once they get those, you, you get. Uh, a result on the on the web page which says uh, your your login has been unsuccessful or whatever, but they've already got your details by then. I do note that the federal government is making changes to the MyGov account. They're going to change the look and feel for that very reason, Tash. So it is it is tough. If I was to give advice to anyone, I would just say be be cautious, be suspicious, and be cynical of anything that that comes through that doesn't quite look right or feel right.
0: Tim, the bottom line is you need to question everything because the hackers and scammers are becoming incredibly sophisticated. If you want to know if you are part of a scam or a hack or you want to know more information, there's some great websites we can go to.
1: Yeah, there's a security guy, an Australian guy, who's actually set up a site. It's kind of connected with that one password service that I talked about before. But it's called Have I Been Porned? It's a a really unusual name. (laughs) I mean, Pawned is like a typo of the word owned. That's have I been pawned. The, the pawned word is P W N E D, I been pawned.com. And you can put your details in there just at your email address or your phone number. And that will actually tell you whether those details of yours exist on the dark web, if they have been released publicly. And if they have, it means you've been, you, some service that you've been attached to has been hacked. And it will list which of the services you were, you were a part of that have been hacked. Now, what you do, what you then do is you go into those services and you change your password straight away. So, so that information that's available on the dark web cannot be used against you. If it's all got out of control and you are an obvious kind of a victim of identity theft, there is a not-for-profit organization called IDcare. It's idcare.org is the web address, and it's actually sponsored by Various authorities, police departments, banks, they all kick the tin in order to support this service. Works in Australia and New Zealand. If you go to those guys, if you think or you definitely know you've been a victim of identity theft, you can go there and they will, they will go through a procedure for you to help kind of wrestle your identity back and take care of your credit rating and change things with the various banks. So there are systems in place to help you if you have been a victim. But, of course, as from right from the outset, prevention is better than cure, Natasha. No,
0: Absolutely. Great advice as always. And thanks so much for those very useful tips on how we can stay safe. Thanks, Tim.
1: Thanks, Tash. Listener.